0: Cheerscast Cast, as part of the Fire and Water Network. Diane has always tried to take part in your activities. Why don't you return the favor by joining her in something she finds entertaining?
1: Oh, boy. Right. What, what egg head torture do we have to endure now? <laughs> well, uh, how about the opera? Oh, man. Oh, come on. Oh. It's not like we threw her down a flight of stairs. Come on. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me today is one of our regulars. You know him as the host of the SNL Nerds podcast. Welcome back, John Trumbull. What's up, John? Ryan!
1: (laughs) <laughs> I, I was doing a little norm thing.
0: I got that. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Just if it's just the one it person though. You know, I, I have to imagine there's yeah. a whole, you know, cacophony of people around you.
1: Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't quite have the same impact. I, yeah, yeah. I was giving it a try.
0: Nice effort. Nice effort. Yeah. So uh, thank you for coming back on the show. I always love having you. Although you did remind me that it has been a while. You haven't been on since the very, very end of last season. So uh, this is our first time to talk at any length about the new addition this season that we've had, kind of funny at the very end of the season to still be talking about the fresh face uh, at the bar. But overall, big picture thoughts on Woody?
1: How can you not love Woody Boyd and how can you not love Woody Harrelson as Woody Boyd? I mean, I I don't want to be repetitive or redundant because I'm sure you've had lots of other guests weigh in on Woody. But yeah, I'm 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 pro Woody. He's not the same character as Coach, um, but uh he he gave them a few other colors to play with in the in the palette they can still do all the dumb jokes they can do some slightly different dumb jokes and he's also got some other aspects i mean uh just before we started recording you mentioned uh the episode uh, dark imaginings where where the sam and woody go up against each other in like some sort of athletic competition and um, and that's a story you couldn't do with coach right 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 so um yeah and i mean woody of course got a lot more developed in the show because he was on the show what, like, you know, three, three times as long as coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's Uh, where, that's, that's how, where I always came down to it. Like as much as I loved coach and I I said this a lot at the beginning of this season, but as much as I love coach and how can you not love coach coach was a fully formed character when we met him and never really mm -hmm. changed from the pilot to his final appearance. But Woody, even though he has some of the same energy and, and like you said, kind of occupies a little bit of the same space and, and the same type of jokes, the same type, like the, the innocence and the naivety and the, the dumbness. But there's just so much right. more you can do with the character because he developed, he grows over eight years. He grows with the show. Um, so that's just absolutely something special. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't want to leap ahead of the timeline too much, or go through, or, or do spoilers for maybe people who might be going through the show for the first time. But he, what he goes through, life changes over the yeah of the serious show. ones, yeah, yeah. You know, as you do at that age, because he starts out as like a, this kid in his early twenties, and then, and he's probably pushing thirty by the end. I would guess, sure,
0: yeah, well, yeah, yeah, If got a little bit older. I mean, if he's on the show for eight years, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he's got to be in his 30s somewhere, unless <laughs> yeah. He, yeah.
0: All righty. Well, let's get into this episode. We are talking about Season 4, Episode 22, Diane Chambers Day. And for a lot of shows, Episode 22 would be the final episode of the season. But at this point, Cheers had been booked for 26 episodes. So we still got four more after this, people. Uh, Diane Chambers Day, this episode is written by Kimberly Hill, directed by Jim Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, March 20th, 1986. Diane's latest beau shows up at Cheers dressed for the Italian Renaissance, leading her to shoo him away before the gang barrages her with jokes. Later, Sam invites the gang to his place to watch the film The Magnificent Seven, but leaves Diane out. She feels hurt, like she's still an outsider who isn't welcomed by the gang after all these years. Frazier suggests they make amends by indulging in one of her passions. Sam, Woody, Norm and Cliff take Diane to her favorite opera. Back at the bar, she thanks Sam for the most wonderful night of her life. She's so swept up that they're on their way to his bed when he admits that the whole night's events that impressed her were all planned by Fraser. Diane is touched that Sam would risk not having sex with her to be so truthful and finds him even more appealing but still refuses to go to bed with him, much to Sam's lament. All right, John, what did you think of Diane Chambers' day?
1: I mean, it's it's cheers. It's, it's a fun episode. Uh, this episode actually contains, like, one of my favorite moments or scenes from the entire show. And we can get into that in a few minutes. But, I mean, it's great. It's a really funny episode. It hits on the Sam and Diane romance again. And you can see they're kind of laying the groundwork for... The big season finale mm-hmm. that they're doing so yeah it's it's interesting to see all all the moving parts um one thing you didn't mention in your uh in your summary was the teaser on this episode i'd, lo- <laughs> I'd love to talk about that a little bit because it's a really <laughs> we'll fun get into
0: that. oh i love the teaser for this one um yeah, first first of all, like, the the big picture overall thing, you're right, that this one does, uh, I mean, the previous episode, um, Fear is my co-pilot, we have that moment when Sam and Diane are in the plane, they think they're going to die because the pilot has pretended like he's had a heart mm-hmm. attack, and they're forced to confront in their moments where they think they're going to die, the fact that they still love each other and they have these feelings and shouldn't they have made it a better effort to try and be with each other. And then once they're safe on the ground, they're like, okay, let's just not talk about this now. Now this episode yeah. kind of continues, right? Like for most of the season, they had been in this phase where they're like, okay, we can work together. We can kind of flirt. We can tease each other. But we're not—we're no longer a couple. And then through these kind of episodes, they've been building back to this because we need the the possibility of them still being a couple to to come into conflict uh, for the dramatic uh, season finale, which we will get to in a few episodes. Since. Um, but right. yeah, before we touch on the teaser, I wanted to mention that this is the first of two episodes written by Kimberly Hill. She'll come back next season too. Uh, and she also wrote an episode of the Tortellis too.
1: Oh. teaser <laughs> well, there's a feather in your cap.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, it's not on my resume. So there you go. Um, the, the teaser, as you mentioned, Sam asks Woody, cause he, for some reason, he put Woody in charge of hiring a relief waitress for the bar. And then enter Corinne, this older kind of diner-restaurant waitress who comes in. And I love it. Like It's it's
1: costumed like a a diner waitress, too.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The actress who plays Corinne is – she's played by an actress named Doris Grau. And, of course, this woman is named Doris.
1: Yes. She she just looks like a Doris, doesn't she? I actually uh, looked her up on IMDb because I was – 90% 90% sure that she was uh, the person who played, I, th- I think it was Doris on The Critic. I mean, she just had that great voice, um, you know, just I don't know how many packs of cigarettes she's smoking a day, <laughs> but, but she had a great voice. And I was surprised to discover she was also a script supervisor. She'd worked as a script supervisor on several shows, including Cheers.
0: No, no, it's perfect, perfect. And then they bring her in for this little bit role, and so she comes in, and of all things, Norm recognizes this woman, this waitress, and he's like, "Didn't you? Didn't you yeah. work at the Hungry Heifer?" And she recognizes yeah. him back, and she goes, "They, the late, the girls at the, at the Hungry Heifer had a pet name for Norm. They call him that guy who comes back."
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, at this, at this point in the series. Are they doing a lot of hungry heifer jokes? Because they've I, done
0: they've done a handful, and they they do they have established that the food there is not good. That it is just this terrible right. place. That for some reason Norm is strangely loyal to. Probably more because it's cheap, in all sense of the word. Um, but yeah, right. So, I,
1: I remember the the hungry heifer jokes, like it, it being like a notable running gag in the first three or four seasons, but then they, they kind of got away from that as the show went on. I don't remember at what point in the show, like they, they said the the hungry heifer closed down and they did a storyline about that. So I was, yeah, that's for the, that's one of the last seasons. I I
0: think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm misremembering that, but it was also interesting when I looked up Doris Grout, she comes back to cheers as the same character. She's in another couple episodes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it says, uh, I got her IMDb up here, it says she's also in Dinner at 8-ish, okay. and she's the motion picture. So, oh, they must okay, have just be quick bits, but, I mean, they must have really liked her, especially since she'd already worked as a super uh, script supervisor on the show.
0: And those are both really good episodes for next season, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, so, we'll see uh, more we, we have more uh, Kareem to look forward to. <laughs> yeah
0: um and, and certainly al is looking forward to it based on the final line <laughs> of the, the teeth because sam sam tells woody he's like okay next time let me pick the waitress which first of all obviously sam it should have been your job anyway tell <laughs> you don't fall that off on woody he, 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 he tells woody he's like the, my clients expect somebody a little bit sexier and which <laughs> al of all people walks in spots corinth and goes hey sam where'd you find the fox like,
1: yeah, yeah, that's a nice Al moment. It's always nice when Al gets a zinger, and, and th- that's like the line taking this out of the teaser, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that's, that's a pretty rare occurrence.
0: Uh, so then, once we come back, Norm comes in uh, and tells the gang that Vera wants to go on vacation and um we get a we get a line actually from another one of the very few like female just sort of tertiary background like bar patrons um mm-hmm. she's credited in the in the credits as jackie played by Jacqueline Cassell she was in like f- well this is actually the last of her four appearances on the show um just in the first couple seasons every once in a while she would just be there as like an unnamed bar like you know patron or something like that but she was always at the bar and just kind of had a line like i I kind of wish they had done more with her, like kept her around, because it's kind of a funny thing when you think of all of the regular guys at the bar, if there had been one kind of regular woman, too.
1: Yeah, they never really did a female bar fly there, um, I guess, just because it's sports bar and it's more of a guy thing. Uh, but yeah, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool that they gave this extra or this bit player, uh, a line in the exchange. Cause they could have easily given that to one of the regulars, like Frazier's sitting right next to her.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Or could have gone to like one of the guys like, uh, like, um, Alan or Steve, you know, any of those guys. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So she's like, well, where does she want to go? And Norm says that Vera wants to go somewhere in the tropics where she can lay on a beach. And he told her to just put her feet in the cat litter box and turn on the radiator. <laughs>
1: Yeah. There's also a bit where Woody, he tells some, oh, yeah, they're discussing vacation spots, and Woody suggests Hanover, Indiana. Of course. And and I didn't write down the exact line, but it just reminded me that, like, Woody talking about Hanover, Indiana, it's kind of like uh, Rose telling stories about St. Olaf on the Golden (laughs) Girls. But, you know, of course, Cheers did it first. So... That's very yep. But, you know, I, I was just for a moment imagining the conversation that Woody Boyd could have had with Rose Nyland on, if there would ever been a Golden Girls Cheers crossover. That would have been fun.
0: Oh, man. Throw in Cliff talking about Florida, too. Yeah, hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> then we get this little bit uh Carla talking to her daughter, Anne-Marie, on the phone. And apparently Anne-Marie is super self-conscious because she has braces now. And this basically doesn't really go anywhere in the plot it's just sort of the setup of like people feeling self-conscious or when they're you know they have some sort of physical difference something that made to look fun of and, mm-hmm. and diane is trying to be sympathetic and then her current guy comes in dressed for the renaissance
1: yeah yeah i did like carla's line when she's trying to reassure her daughter and she says like your family aren't people <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, was, that was a good line i wrote that down um and yeah and uh diane's embarrassment at her uh her date I- i'm assuming it's the date because she left a sweater at his apartment <laughs> uh that's pretty good because she like diane's like cringing immediately because the guy comes over and he's like oh i thought you did a kick out of me in my renaissance outfit and she just like immediately knows oh i'm gonna get it for this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I, I like, cause like later on after everybody makes fun, she's like, like I was a perfectly nice guy and I threw him out of here just because I was afraid of like basically the peer pressure. Like she just, she turns into like, it becomes a high school thing. And she's just embarrassed yeah, because yeah. of what all the other guys would think. And she's so ashamed of herself later on. But like, you also see like the the jokes that they start making and everything like, like these are, this is a very dated bit where like a lot of this would not fly today because the whole gist is if he's going to dress like this, then they go instantly attack his manhood and his masculinity. Uh, you know, like that, that if he's going to dress like this wearing tights in this renaissance of it, then he must be a very feminized guy. Um Norm actually calls him a sissy, you know, Frasier Fraser of all people makes a joke that Diane could set his hair and Woody uh, the guy's name is Dennis and Woody says he
1: calls him Denise intentionally. Right. So yeah yeah and that's after Diane gives him credit for not joining in on the teasing right. <laughs> and, and because it's Woody, Diane thinks like, oh, he made a mistake and he thinks Dennis is a woman and but no, no, Woody's like, yeah, I know <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I guess that is a bit dated i I didn't I wasn't thinking of it too much in I wasn't really looking at it from 2021 eyes. Just because it's a sports bar and they're going to be a bit retrograde there in Cheers, so yeah, forgetting no, yeah. forgiving of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: understandable. Yeah, for the time, yeah, it was, but
1: yeah, but um, it's, it's it's probably not a material they'd write today. I did really love. Uh, there was a great line when Diane's trying to let him Dennis down easy at the door, and just saying like, "Oh, I don't think I want to see you again." And and Dennis says something and she just goes, Well, Dennis, you're putting words in my mouth. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I won't do that. She says, No, no, they're the right words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that's a that's a great guy. That was- <laughs> yeah, I like that too. She yeah.
0: Um, then after all the teasing and the mockery, and she's she's upset about that. We cut to later on in the night, uh, Norman Cliff decide that they're going to hit a strip club. Uh, and actually invite Frazier along, but he gets paged by a patient and he's really upset about that. And then Sam comes out of his office to tell yeah. the gang that they're going to his place to watch the Magnificent Seven. I'm going to bring Woody yeah, along the, for the first time.
1: Yeah. The, uh, if I can just backtrack a second yeah. for the, the the Fraser thing, I thought that was a neat because it was a nice indicator that Fraser's kind of fully integrated into the, the gang at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets invited along to the strip club. Yeah. And and Frazier's like, oh, is that really my type of thing? And and Carlos says, What a desperately lonely character on the make? And he (laughs) says, Well, I guess I'm in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they're like, yeah, of course you can come It seems like at least at this point, it's a little bit provisional because <laughs> Norm is like, well, you yeah. got a credit card, right? <laughs> so yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah, maybe they think they can get a couple of lap dances off of Frasier. <laughs> on, on his time. Yeah, yeah.
0: So
1: you know, like we've already had the snipe hunt episode at this point, yeah. so right, right. yeah, they're still not above making fun of fraser or taking advantage of him at times and i was i was surprised uh when i watched this episode oh kelsey grammar's like listed in the end credits he's not listed up front yet
0: no uh, that's so a he- that's a thing he was still like at this point in the season uh, I think I, I counted them up. He was in fourteen episodes in season three and fourteen episodes in season four. So contractually, oh, so he he's wasn't just recurring. He okay. was just a recurring player at this point, and he doesn't become a regular until
1: season five. Okay, I was I was thinking that he was had to be a regular by season four, but I I was wrong nope. about that. Nope. So nope. so then we have the thing where you
0: know Sam is so excited about the movie that he comes up. He asks Diane to close up the bar. Which leads to a mm-hmm. little bit of a goof later on, <laughs> and I'll come back to that. Um, yes. She's so hurt that she's not invited to watch the movie, and like they even like make a joke. She's like, "Oh, you know, like the because he's talking about the Magnificent Seven, and she's comparing it to Kurosawa." Um, and and mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, that would be great if you like made like some analysis of that thing, but whatever. Okay, close to the bar, we're gonna leave." Yeah.
1: And also I love that in their preparations to go to Sam's place to watch the movie, Sam just grabs a giant bag of pretzels from behind the bar. And those are, (laughs) those are going to be their refreshments. And, and Norm just like puts the bag over his shoulder. Like it's a, like it's a knapsack or something. Um, That was, it's never commented on. It's just a great little bit of business. And I wonder if that was in script or if that was something that, James Burroughs and the actors found when they were rehearsing this episode, but whoever uh, thought of that, kudos.
0: Yeah. I would love um, to believe, I would love to believe that came from the directing or the, like when they were blocking it on set. Yeah.
1: Um, you no, know, James Burroughs is like really good at finding those little grace notes. Like I yeah. know in like the pilot of Frasier, he suggested that uh, Niles dust off his chair before he sits down. And that was like sort of the key to them finding Niles. Yeah. So <laughs> i I'm, I'm fully prepared to give James Burroughs credit for that. Because it seems like a James Burroughs type of thing. When Diane leaves,
0: they're they're all kind of they're hanging this awkward silence is hanging over them because they didn't invite Mm -hmm. her. They all feel guilty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even think to invite her. They just assumed she wasn't coming or that she wouldn't be interested. So it was just, hey Diane, can you
0: close up for us? Great. Okay. So they're sitting there on the steps, just kind of like, all right, well, what do we do now? And then Leave it to Carla to just start humming the first couple bars of the Magnificent Seven theme by Elmer Bernstein. And then, of course, when Norm
1: pipes in with the... oh, it's <sirens humming> so great! And none of the characters say anything. It's not. It's it's sort of a verbal scene, but it's just them doing the theme to the Magnificent Seven, and. I first saw this episode when I was a kid. I I would have been like 13 when this episode first aired and I I had never seen the magnificent seven at this point, but they were so excited about the movie. It really made me want to see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a great movie, of course. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Yul Brynner, Steve McQueen, Robert Vaughn, uh, James Coburn. It's got a killer, killer cast, man. And, uh, if you haven't seen the Magnificent Seven, go check that out. And it's just it's a stirring moment, just like just the music
0: and just these guys, like you know, four guys and Carla, just like the camaraderie, the instant body where you're right. Like they don't have mm-hmm. to say anything, just that says everything.
1: I also love the 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 idea that this is a tradition for them, that whenever uh, a movie like this or this particular movie is on TV they drop everything and then they go see it like Norman Cliff are like oh well we'll go to the nudie bar some other night Magnificent Seven's on let's do this exactly yeah yeah exactly yeah and then even like to, so much to
0: like for this to be Woody's first time and then they're gonna bring Fraser along when he's done with his you know whatever client crisis that he's got
1: Um, yes yes. (laughs) yeah but
0: but then the goof is that they all go out together like happy warriors like this triumphant thing just like humming and singing up the stairs but diane had already left and the lights are still on the bar and the door is unlocked and like nobody no one turns off the lights and they do not lock the bar (laughs)
1: it's like sam you just did you forget? Like, we're so excited about seeing the Magnificent Seven. They don't, yeah. and I guess, I guess that was just something that they did for staging reasons because the shot looked better if the lights in the bar were still on. But it's so <laughs> weird. He doesn't know, even we, mind locking the door.
0: Yeah, uh, we were just giving James Jim burroughs the credit for <laughs> that thing, but I was like, I see, know he probably should have caught the fact that. Okay, we, we, we give it, them. we take it away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We are tough
1: but fair. Yeah
0: um so in the second act of the next day they realized they hurt diane's feelings and woody suggests that they send her flowers cliff suggests a box of figs of course sure. um and and leave it to frazier who actually comes up with the idea that they should take her to an opera he's like you know taken she's tried to show an interest in your things why don't you reciprocate take an interest in something that she likes and of course nobody is fond of that suggestion um, but he's like, yeah. he's like, let me. He's like, I will take care of everything. I will pick the the dinner. I will pick the opera. All you guys have to do the bare minimum is just show up.
1: I love, I loved when Fraser says, "Well, what about the opera?" Sam just goes, "Oh, it's not like we threw her down a flight of stairs." <laughs> That's a great line. I mean, it just, yeah, they want to do the right thing and they want to make things right with Diane. But, oh, God, we got to go yes. and sit through an opera. Oh, damn it.
0: <laughs> have to have some pity on them. <laughs> like this is- yeah. No. So I love it. So then the next time we see them, they're actually there. We we just get the four guys, Sam, Woody, Norman Cliff, in the balcony, in their tuxedos, like getting ready. And Diana's not there because she is like in the bathroom powdering her nose or something or crying because she's been crying at every Mm -hmm. like moment. And then as soon as she walks in, she just sees them and starts crying again. She's like, oh, you guys. It's such a nice little bit with her.
1: And I love I love that they just pick up with them arriving at the opera. This episode is very well paced. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just pick up with them at the opera and then Sam sets up that Diane's very emotional. He's like, oh, she cried when she saw the limo. She cried when she saw us in our tuxedo. She did this. She did that. And then when she comes in, you're all primed for her just to go, oh, and get emotional. It's just oh, it's so great. I will another small criticism of the episode. HD does not do that Opera House set any favors. <laughs> <laughs> they they painted the uh, you know they've they've got the pillars on either side of their their balcony, and in HD you can totally tell it's just wooden. Yeah. With, with That they dabbed some paint on to try and make it look like marble, and it is so not marble. I'm like, that's like a community theater type set. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah sure. it's wonderfully designed, but the painting just totally gives it away that it's it's not a real opera house or anything like that. Right. Um, also, is this something you were wondering when we got to the opera? I was like, well, where did Fraser go? I get, I totally get why Carla's not there. But Frazier, it seems like he would be a natural to be there. And I guess maybe they didn't put him in there because then Diane's reactions wouldn't be as unique because Frazier would be into the opera. Right. Uh, Or or maybe it's a reflection of how Kelsey Grammer was still kind of a junior cast member if he was just a recurring cast member at that point.
0: Well, I I mean.
1: What do you think of that?
0: In order for the, for the story to work, he couldn't be there because Diane has Mm -hmm. to believe that Sam was responsible for all of this in order for the sort of weird seduction to play out at the end. So he couldn't be there. Like, what is, what is is the reason for it? You could say. He was, I mean, the character was busy. You could say that Frazier decided that it would be too much of a romantic gesture when he's trying to not get involved with her again. And he's trying to keep his distance right. from her. You could say that he thought that it was more important that they be the ones who make that gesture because they were the ones who insulted her. Like they yeah, were the ones who hurt her feelings That he wasn't I, really involved in that. And like for for him to take her out like that would not be an act of contrition or apology or something that he would need to because Fraser would have a better time there. It needed to be right. a sacrifice for the other. Yeah, there's
1: there's no sacrifice on his part. That's that's a good point. That's a great point. And you know maybe maybe it could just be something as simple as they could only afford those five tickets. Sure, sure. So, you know, who knows. And Fraser I'm I'm guessing Fraser probably chipped in on the tickets too. <laughs> sure, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. How could anybody else afford it?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, which the reason that Carla is not there actually is one of my favorite parts, too. And we'll come back to that one. But mm-hmm. while the, while they're still in the while they're still in the box seat looking down, I Diane is trying to sum up the story. She's telling them a little bit about the opera, so what they can expect. It's in Italian, all these things. She's, getting, she's like, by the way, does anybody need opera glasses? And she takes out the very delicate pair that you have. And Cliff is mm-hmm. like, no, no, I got that covered. And takes out these ginormous pair of
1: binoculars. Like right. – the kind you'd bring to a baseball game.
0: <laughs> yeah, or like if you're actually like looking for like animals in the wild, like you're trying to like go bird watching or something like that. Like these mm-hmm. are like, huge pair. and he's just like looking there and he's so obnoxious, but of course he's he what does he say to like look at the tor- the warheads on the cellist or something like that. Um, <laughs> And he's, like, going to pass the binoculars to Norm, and Sam is like, no, 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 put that put, put that down, you know, I, I show a little bit of class, and then Diane starts talking, and he feigns, like, he's listening while really subtly, he just gets the binoculars from Cliff to check out the woman and the, the cellist, cello player, and then, like, kind of, like, gives oh, the know, binoculars back. She's,
1: she's got amazing warheads. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and he gives, kinda, he,
0: he gives Cliff, like, a great look, like, whew, like, yeah, like, that's impressive, like.
1: Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the bit when the, the the lights go down, the house music is going up and you just hear the crack of a can of beer and everybody looking at Norm.
1: Beautifully timed. Beautifully, beautifully timed. I mean, and again, non-verbal gag, it is just the action and the sound effect and you just know that it's Norm and then they just cut to Norm drinking the beer and he's just like, "What?"
0: And then of course the the gag is all five of them diane included fall asleep during the opera but as soon as it's yeah. over they all rise to applause and everything and play it off like they had a great time and everything
1: right yeah uh, that, um, that's a good gag because it shows that even diane has her limits and that right. she's she's not as cultured as she often pretends to be so yeah, yeah. <laughs> she maybe likes the idea of being really cultured. But, like, Frager is more genuinely cultured than she is.
0: mm mm-hmm. uh, And then, b- back at the bar, this is the point where Carly goes, you might have noticed I wasn't there tonight. And you would think that's setting up to reveal the explanation for it. But the joke is that there's no explanation necessary. That was her act of kindness was not going right. in. it Because Diana's like, I did notice, and thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how that plays. It's like, no, Carla's absence was actually the gift.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, again, that's brilliant. I mean, that's just just great. Because, I mean, realistically, of course, we have to have somebody running the bar, even if it is just literally one person. And that makes no sense. But in the world of Cheers, you can run that bar with just one person, apparently. Right. um,
0: and then once Diane and Sam are alone, we get the whole thing where she's just, she keeps going on and on about how much this was the perfect night. And she really thanks Sam for putting this all together. And he's like, well, everyone was there. She's like, no, you're the leader. They listened to you. I can't believe even like how much, you know, you paid attention to me that you would think you choose like an opera like this. And it's it would be so obvious, like it's it's staring her right in the face. Sam couldn't do this. This is Sam isn't capable, of this, but she wants it to be Sam. Like she's yeah. doing half the seduction for herself.
1: Like, yeah. yeah, like this
0: is the per. Like this would be like the perfect Sam that she's always wanted. Even in like the the pre the episode earlier in the season, Diane's nightmare, which starts off with this gag about Andy like hunting down the people in the bar and it ends up turning into this fantasy where Sam is composing an opera and he has this smoking jacket and he's this cultured, sophisticated guy that she, she's in love with. Like that's her dream right. is cultured, sophisticated Sam Malone because of his looks and his attitude and everything like that. So the the possibility that he could have actually put this together is what's like why she's going to kiss him and willing to go to bed with him and is so struck by him
1: yeah I mean she uh, she does love Sam but she also loves the fantasy that she can change Sam mm-hmm. she can make him remake him into her ideal man she's in love with that at least as much as she's in love with Sam which is like one of the many reasons why Sam and Diane don't work well as a couple <laughs> Right. They're just, right. so they're so incompatible, but right. they, they, can't, they can't they can't take push each, each other other's buttons. Value. Yeah. 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 Physically they push each other's buttons and they can't usually admit that yeah, that's the main thing we have going. We have we have this chemistry, but we drive each other insane. And they're just a dumpster fire as a couple
0: when he first says, suggested like, how about we take this back to my place? And she goes, my heart says, yes, my mind says no. And he says, why don't you let another part of your body break the tie? Yeah. Um, and she drops her purse and they start kissing on the floor when they both reach to pick it up. And then later on, there's a gag when they're standing up and she forgets her purse, and They both get down. She's like, no, this was good when we were down here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great physical comedy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. also this, this last, prolonged scene between sam and diane it really reminded me of like a season one episode in that in season one they always tried to end the episodes with sam and diane and this really felt like that because the show had gotten away from that a little bit by the yeah
0: way. yeah yeah. but yeah. here
1: it's like no we're we're weaving the sam and diane relationship back in and we're reminding you why that's important so we have this right. long sustained scene between ted danson and shelly long and oh uh, it's. I mean, they're just a well-oiled machine by this point,
0: right? But ultimately, Sam knows that this deception or that taking her to bed under these false on prete- false pretenses would be wrong, and he would pay the price for it later when the truth was out. And I think at this point, actually, he he does love her and respects her enough to, to mm-hmm. he he has to be. He's like, no, he's like you can't. He's, like, I can't take you to bed when you're thinking that I'm something that I'm not. Right. Um, and that's yeah. a great bit of self-awareness on his part. And it shows how
1: Sam has grown over the course yes. of the series yes. and how although Diane is never going to be able to remake him into like Fraser, she has had an effect on him. I mean like yeah, season one or season two Sam he probably would have been fine with going to bed with her under false <laughs> pretenses yep. and here he's just like eh, you know, I'm going to feel horrible if I if I don't do this so yeah, it was <laughs> It was Frazier who played the evening. Yeah. I love his his reaction
0: because then she's like, she thinks about it and she's like, Sam, I don't know what to say, but I find you even more attractive now. And his yes. reaction, like he'd been holding his breath for like a heartbeat. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you. He's like,
1: his, so happy. Ted Danson makes that relief so funny because he's There's like, There's like almost something childlike about it. He's like, Oh, well, God. I mean, because he's, he's like, Oh, I just confessed his. To putting my hand in the cookie jar, and I'm still going to get my cookie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's just excited because Sam's hyped up and horny, and he's like, I'm still going to get laid. Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but of course she's like, no, she's like, I can't. She's like, I, you've shown me how much you respect me. I can't. And he's like, well, shouldn't that behavior get rewarded? And she's like, No, it would <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff should be rewarded, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, and yeah, the way Ted Danson plays it, he's wonderful. Yeah
0: you <laughs> Yeah, so she ends up as as gracious as she is. She leaves him there for the cold shower at home, and he just kind of slumps onto the steps, like just looking a little bit deflated. Mm-hmm. Which is a great little capper for. Her. I'm actually, I'm, yeah. I, I, well, before that, actually, because well, well, this was verging on my my home run, is when she's going to the door, he takes her purse and throws it down on the ground. So she has to reach over and get the you,
1: kneeling moment started again. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, trying to, like, yeah. he's trying
0: to like he's trying to like. Like manufacture that artificially, like kickstart their spontaneous kissing when they're both there on the ground on their knees and everything. And she like catches him. She's like, No, 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 no. And I actually thought yeah, they yeah. could have they could have ended the episode right there, like two seconds earlier on that like joke, but they leave it they a little have. bit longer. Yeah. yeah.
1: I love like just a little before that, he's trying to bargain with her, and he's like, As soon as we're done, I'll leave. I promise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. And I love his desperation, trying to get the kneeling moment started again, just to recreate the moment. Uh, But I think it's it's so interesting and and it's such a cool choice that they chose to end the episode on that downbeat note of just Sam sitting there forlorn because, you know, he he screwed things up with Diane again. Uh, Yeah, because usually an episode of Cheers ends on a big laugh and it's not too often that you see that that moment of just like oh well and, but
0: yeah resign it really works
1: yeah it really works uh, and and uh ted Danson's such a good actor that he can just hit all those notes and that's i mean he goes he goes from like romantic to horny to desperate <laughs> to uh, to frustrated to to depressed all in the space of that one scene and and Shelly Long is, is wonderful, too. She's probably playing at least as many notes as him. As him. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just a great, great scene and a really great episode, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, one, just before we get to our superlatives, uh, it's a little-known fact. I found this bit of trivia on IMDb. A ri- the episode was originally titled "Bandidos."
1: No idea. Yeah, it's actually on. I rewatched this on Hulu, and it's it's listed as Banditos, and then like AKA Diane Chambers Day. And a, Banditos is a weird title for this episode.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if it's if there was maybe supposed to be connected to the Magnificent Seven or somehow like that's the if only connection. Maybe there was I maybe can maybe think they were supposed of. to be. Maybe to that? maybe it
1: was. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it was more centered on the movie, if that was like a bigger part of an earlier draft or something. So they they called it yeah. Banditos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Dying Chamber Day is is a much, much better title. Yeah.
0: Uh, Norm For Norm's tab, he had five beers this episode, uh, which brings him up to 365 for the series. Wow,
1: his total has shot up since the last time I've been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: it's been That's a whole it year. A whole I
1: think he was still around 200 when yeah. the last time I was on the show, because it was about a season ago. So, yeah. wow. Well, you you go, Norm. Yeah. Who is your employee of the week? I know I was raving about Ted Danson all through the episode, but my employee of the week. I think it's a, a somewhat surprising choice, but I, I I have to follow my heart on this one. Uh, I got to give it to Norm. Yeah, really, I, because the the scene where they're they're humming the Magnificent Seven <laughs> theme when George Went comes in with just the, ta-da, ta-da, I mean, time beautifully and just just wonderful, and he just he just builds the moment wonderfully. So there's there's that. It's just so funny, and also the the pop and the beer at the opera. I, I mean, come on that the timing on that is just Swiss watch timing. And, yeah, so good. And it, that made me laugh so hard because that was a moment I'd forgotten. I was looking forward to the everybody humming the Magnificent Seven theme, but I'd forgotten about the beer a, at the opera. And and both of those moments made me laugh so hard and he didn't even say a word. So <laughs> I, I got to give it to Norm.
0: That's I good. That's give good. It to Norm. Well, well argued. Well argued. Those are great moments that he definitely delivered. And you're right. Like almost, oh, not, not quite non-verbally, but uh, without, without dialogue to yeah. do that. Perfect. Um, yeah. I, I like the choice. I also like Ted Dance's performance. I gave this one to Diane um, just for, for the crying <laughs> so much and everything. It's just the whole, her whole yeah. bits and her reactions to Sam throughout the, the ending and also her getting upset and storming out earlier before the movie. So I just, yeah, I, it's yeah. so many of these episodes, it's a toss up between Sam and Diane. It,
1: like, it so is. I mean, because it's, I mean, because there's such a great double act too. Right, I mean, right. I love, I love when they're still like caught up in the moment and she just does you know what? We get in trouble when we talk. (laughs) And I love that Diane is the one that suggests they don't talk. I mean, it shows that Diane has changed somewhat and she's learned something too. So, uh, I mean, just a, just a great scene. And yeah, I easily could have picked Ted Danson or Shelley Long for, for uh, uh, employee of the week. I mean, it's like you said, it's always a toss up
0: Uh, for the home run for this episode. uh, Again, like I, I think my winner would actually be when Sam takes her purse and throws it back down on the ground deliberately at the very end. Um I think yeah. that would be my favorite. The entire bit with just them humming along and saying the, the theme is – also a knockout probably worthy. Um, but my other runner up in terms of being di- for being dialogue is when they're first talking about, when Fraser first talks about um, the opera and everything like that. Carla has a bit, she goes, every time I went to a family gathering, they tried to get me into opera. Just a bunch of fat, homely people screeching at the top of their lungs and trying to stab each other. And Fraser goes, Carla, not all operas are like that. She says, I was talking about the family gatherings.
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's great another solid line yeah Car- Carl's got some great moments in this episode I mean it's just it's so fun because the show is just firing on all the cylinders at this point it knows it knows what it is it knows what it wants to be it knows how to get there and it's just it's one of the best sitcom casts ever assembled so mm. my home run um, yeah again it's it's a very close thing I love the, you know, you're putting words in my mouth. No, no, they're the right words. <laughs> oh, oh, what do you think I am? A desperately lonely character? To make Well, I guess I'm in. Um, <laughs> either one of those could have been my home run, but I, I think I just have to give it to the cast doing the Magnificent Seven theme. It's yes. just, it's so wonderful and it does so much with so little. It's just great.
0: I mean, I think it. I think it's telling of what a classic Cheers moment that is because that was included in the, Two hundredth episode special, Um, when it showed yeah. all of the clips and all the things like that, that was like almost mm-hmm. led to a commercial break in that two hundredth special. So, I think they they knew yeah. this is a magic moment.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's probably a big moment why I remember them doing the theme so fondly because I I rewatched that two hundredth episode special, the clip show with the the panel discussion. I wa- I rewatched that so many times because it's just a great it's a great primer on the show and it's a great collection of some of the best moments of the show. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to cover that episode? I will. I will when, I will when, when we come get to, to it? it. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Not sure. Not sure how, but I will. Yeah.
1: Cause it's like an hour, right?
0: Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was an hour and they've, they've split it up into two parts for like streaming. And so I I would probably do it as one Um, just cause that was the way yeah. it was originally broadcast. Um. Yeah. Actually, I haven't thought about an old fashioned wedding at the end of episode at the end of season because that, I think, was originally broadcast as one hour long episode
1: too. I think you're right. I think you're right. You want to plan it out right now?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do sit not. down I and do this. I'll
1: figure this all out. <laughs> not, not now,
0: but maybe next time. But uh, John, okay. thank you very okay. much, much for coming back. On show. <laughs> John, where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you in the podcastosphere?
1: Well, I mean, as you said at the top of the show, uh, I'm one of the co-hosts of the SNL nerds, uh, which is a show where, uh, my buddy, uh, Darren Patterson and I, we watch episodes of Saturday Night Live and we talk about them kind of like we just did with this episode of Cheers and we go through it sketch by sketch, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. And, uh, it, it's always a fun time. And on the off weeks, we, uh, Pick a movie or a project starring an SNL alum, and we talk about that. You can also follow me on Twitter at Trumbull Comic, uh, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. And you can follow the SNL nerds on Twitter at SNL nerds show.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Thank you again for being the guest here. And thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheers Cast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford Wright from the Write-On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents and Monday Movie Muckabout, who sponsored this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed
1: dong <laughs> dong